0: Hello to all the Wildish Wise women out there. This is Jessalyn, and I'm releasing this podcast with Nicole Rossi. It's a little bit from the archives. We interviewed a while back, and I just wanted to give you a quick update. Since the time of our interview, Nicole did a little bit more traveling. Uh, She did three months of camping and couch surfing around the US and then was in Europe hiking for two months. But the interesting part of all of this is now she is settled in Birmingham, Alabama, and actually loves her stability. And she's enjoying little weekend trips. But said things are very different for her these days. But I still wanted to put this out there so that everyone can hear about her adventures and be inspired. If uh, if it if it goes that way for you. Uh, I also wanted to make note that the editing is a little bit funny, right after Nicole uh, addresses her white privilege in her ability to travel, which I think is hugely important. Um, it's a little my my talking after that is a little bit awkward, and that's because I did cut something out, and I'll tell you why and what it was. I had told a story that Elizabeth Gilbert, the author, tells about travel and about making it a priority in your life. And I decided to take it out because it didn't really flow and it was sort of me taking over and sharing something I was excited about, but it really took away from Nicole's story. So what I'll do is I'll link Liz telling that story herself, which it's way better when you hear her anyway, in the resources so that you can hear that. So please enjoy this interview with Nicole about her long-term travel. Also, if you've been listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, please leave us a review. That just helps us get the word out. And stay tuned because coming in July, August, and really officially in September, I'll be launching a Patreon site, which means that you can help support the podcast. So more information on that to be addressed soon. Thanks so much for listening and take care of yourselves. Today I am chatting with Nicole Rossi. Nicole's a writer and editor, she's a laughter yoga leader, a Reiki master, and ESL and writing tutor for children and adults. She loves trying new things, adventures, and learning about people and places. In 2016 and 2017, she spent 13 consistent months traveling abroad, which is what she's going to chat Uh, with us about today the topic of long-term travel how to do it if you're interested and what she learned along the way so i'm super excited to chat because i love travel and i love to hear travel stories and adventure so welcome nicole
1: thank you so much jocelyn
0: yeah so as we uh get settled here let's just take a moment to connect with some deep breaths. So you and I, Nicole, will do that. And anyone listening, if you want, just to set the tone and to create a connection um, between us and this topic. So breath in through the nose, and out through the mouth or nose. A Couple more like that. Just to get grounded and centered, to feel into our bodies. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. And may each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Nicole, what is your favorite thing about being a woman?
1: Um, My favorite thing about being a woman is being resilient. Mm. I've been really lucky to have grown up with incredible female role models, and even in my adult life, um, just feel constantly surrounded by women who are supportive of other women and doing amazing things for the world. But um, as women and humans in general, there's a lot of injustice and ugly that we as a whole face and women are resilient and we don't give up and I've seen that in my family and my friends and women I've met in other countries who have experienced things I could never even imagine going through and I'm just really grateful to be part of this generation of women and humans that are creating so much positive change and I hope that it just continues to ripple to the entire world because uh, being a woman is different everywhere in every country, and what affects us individually affects the whole, so we're not separate from women that are living in other countries. And um, yeah, just being resilient is my favorite thing about being women and the strength that women have innately.
0: I love that, and that was such a nice little tie-in to our topic with the international peace, and so true. I remember traveling in India. It's been like 12 years now, which is hard for me to imagine. And the women were talking about the issues that they were facing, and I remember thinking that sounds like what we go through in the u s like there wasn't a whole lot of difference, even though it was very different. There was so mm-hmm. many similarities. it just um yeah, it just made sense. we were sort of all going through the same thing or a version of the same thing,
1: yeah, yeah. the same themes in every every country that you that you visit exactly and with every person, yeah.
0: Yeah, so let's get into that topic, because it's super fun to um, just to live vicariously through you and also to hear (laughs) how it all went down. Um, I remember being fortunate enough to be present, I think, when you kind of made your declaration, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go. And so um, just just tell everyone a little bit about how that went down for you.
1: So a few years ago, I was living in San Jose in California, and one of my jobs had stopped putting me on the schedule. And my roommate had kicked me out, and I was having just a really hard time finding a new place to live. And it was just a really weird time in my life, and I was trying so hard to make things work a certain way, and it just, it just wasn't happening, and it was very frustrating. And so around that time, I was eavesdropping on a conversation, actually at Be the Change Yoga, where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was eavesdropping on a conversation there where this girl said she spent a year traveling abroad, and paid for it by volunteering and doing work exchanges in different countries. And something immediately clicked in my brain, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and so at that time, I was teaching English, so I went home and started Googling how to teach English abroad, and then the next thing I knew, I was buying a one-way ticket to Spain, um, to, be, <laughs> to be a private English tutor for a family in exchange for accommodation and food. And from there, everything just happened so quickly and easily. And it just felt so supported by the universe and whatever is supporting me. And um, yeah, I'm also just a big fan of putting myself in uncomfortable situations. Um, that I guess lead to personal growth and I grew up with a really articulate little sister and for most of our lives I kind of just let her do all the talking and with every other friendship I had I kind of did the same thing and then I got to my 20s and I realized I didn't know how to have a conversation and that just wasn't working for me anymore so I just had all these different things that weren't working for me anymore and I needed something drastic or some kind of big change to put myself somewhere else. And I think there's this common misconception that traveling alone is lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would not believe the amount of people who want to talk to you when you're traveling alone. And it was more like I had to really work hard to carve out time for myself and alone time because I was always so busy meeting people and sharing experiences with people that I had just met think, all over the world.
0: So I guess you got your practice in conversationalism. Is that a
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> <for> conversating.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. So tell us where you went. So you one-way ticket to Spain and then from there where did it go?
1: So I was in in Europe for 3 months and a majority of that was in Spain and then at the end I also went to France. Portugal, and then I went to Morocco, Mm -hmm. and then from there I flew to Australia, and I was there almost six months, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, doing various work exchanges there, and then I went to New Zealand and Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, Singapore, and the Philippines, and then that trip was done, and then a few months later, I also went to Mexico, which I just got back from there a few days ago. Yeah. (laughs) Just a few countries, you know.
0: And so most of the time you were doing some form of work in order to make that, uh, make the travel happen. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. um, I would say maybe between five and seven months I was doing work exchanges. And then after that I was in Asia mostly, and it's a lot cheaper to travel in Asia. So my my savings went a lot further when I was there.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So you, yeah. you, you'd kind of, I mean, had you prepared for this? You kind of said on a whim you bought this ticket. So did you have money set aside and saved in order to be able to start start the trip?
1: Yeah, and I'm also really lucky because I don't have any student loans or any debts that I had to pay off yeah so I was kind of I, I was very fortunate to already be in this position where I had the privilege and the funds mm-hmm. um, to, to do something like this. I'm so privileged to have had all these opportunities and on a personal privilege level I mean I had a savings I had the resources and the support. Um, From my community to get me to the other side of the world and and also I mean I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and a passport from a country that allows us access to any country we want to visit and um, Easily get a job in another part of the world whereas so many people from other countries uh, specifically Developing countries it's it's so difficult or expensive to attain obtain a visa just to visit another country um, and, I mean, there are so many people in the world that may never even be able to afford the cost of an airplane ticket or a travel visa, um, especially to visit the United States. And then also um, white privilege, like having having white skin offers privilege in terms of how you're treated in other parts of the world and even just traveling in the United States. And I mean, I've never been in a situation where my, my skin color was a threat to someone. I've never been stopped by security in an airport or anywhere for that matter. And I was just thinking, when I was in the Philippines, mm-hmm. um, I was I was staying for a few weeks on this very small island, and all the locals very quickly got to know who I was, and they would all say, hi, Nicole, when I walked around, and all the kids would wave, and it was almost like they thought I was famous or something like that's how it felt. And I remember one time I was walking back to the homestay where I was staying and it was so hot. So I was wearing shorts and this little girl ran over to me and put her hand on my leg and said, so beautiful. And I kind of got that in a lot of places, like people almost putting me on a pedestal because of white skin. And I mean, that that's a characteristic of white privilege and on, on just such a small level, like there's so much more in the world that is a result of that. And um I mean, I, I don't really know what to do about it personally, other than, you know, to acknowledge the privilege and to continue educating myself and to help amplify the voices of those who are facing racism and prejudice and other injustices in the world. Right. Yeah, and it's
0: super important to recognize, I think that's that's critical at this point in time. And of course, if you can't pay your bills, if you, you know, if you can't get by on a, on a basic level, um, yeah, you have to just survive and find a way to exist in the world. It's about the people who, you know, buy a latte every day and, and spend $300 on shoes and then say they, they can't travel.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, it's also a lot of it is about priorities, Mm -hmm. um, of where you,
0: right. Like where you want to allocate your resources,
1: There there are so many options for budget travel. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I was saying, I did some work exchanges and couch surfing instead of paying a lot for a place to stay. And, I mean, I personally always choose the option that is less money. And I remember when I was in Spain, I was explaining to my host mom that I'd be taking a plane that leaves at 5 Mm a.m. So I had to go into the city before 3 and she was kind of laughing and asking, "Well, why don't you buy tickets for a more convenient time so that you can be more comfortable?" And for me personally, comfort is never a priority of mine, but especially with travel. Like I'd rather pay less and have to leave at a strange time. And then also, when you're backpacking or traveling, you meet plenty of other backpackers and travelers, and kind of talk about, you know, your experiences. And I met a lot of young backpackers, especially that um, blow through thousands of dollars just on partying. Which is, oh wow, <laughs> you know that. I mean, that's not an interest of mine. I'd rather spend money on an acai bowl or something. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. So it's all about priorities. If you have the means, then it's about prioritizing and figuring out what's. Yeah, what's important to you? Because honestly, some people say travel is important, but then they don't actually live a life that um, allows for that to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then people travel for different different reasons as well. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that, I mean, I try to use my privilege as a way to educate myself about the world and different cultures and different ways of living. And I think in the past, I was more naive because... I always felt, um, so open and excited to meet people from all walks of life. And I've always, um, surrounded myself with people who feel similar, similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, I guess I desperately wanted to believe that everyone is the same. And I mean, that, that, that's not true. Like we were talking about before there's, you know, there's intolerance and there's ugly in the world, and. There was a podcast I listened to recently where the man said, we can bury our heads in the sand or we can we can roll up our sleeves. And I think that kind of starts by educating yourself on what's going on in the world. And if you have the resources and the interest and the privilege to do it, the, I think the best way to learn about the world is to put yourself in it.
0: Yeah so is that tell, yeah, tell us about the lessons and some of the experiences that you had that made an impact um, because really, I mean, you already said this wasn't really about comfort. You've said it multiple times. like you, you purposely put yourself in an uncomfortable situation so that you could grow and you're very cognizant of being amongst locals and, and learning lessons. So I guess share a little bit about what opened up for you in those 13 months.
1: So there was another interview that I heard recently um, where the, the speaker was talking about routines and just kind of bubbles that we live in and how when you do the same thing every day um, and kind of take the same path every day of your life, you're only going to be exposed to a certain group of people that, I mean, depending on what you're doing a lot of the people are probably going to be similar to you. And I, I like to expand my bubble. And I'm a firm believer that you can learn something from everyone. Absolutely everyone. And I think the biggest thing I learned was about happiness. And just that there are people in other countries and in our own country, too, that have almost nothing and live in a way I could never have imagined before I saw it with my own eyes, and yet they're still smiling and singing and dancing, and what an inspiration to be able to to see that and be around these people, because for them to be able to connect to such a, a deep feeling of joy that has nothing to do with your your life circumstances, I just feel like that's such a a lesson for, for me and for anyone to be able to, to learn and to, to see that in the world.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes we, we assume that living in the U.S., that we have so much and that we should have a lot of joy, but I think that's actually not true when you look at the grand scheme of things compared to other places and, and other cultures. They, they've figured it out a little bit better than we have, honestly yeah tell me about the importance of travel for women from your perspective. Um, what do you learn about yourself? Do you recommend that women go travel alone and why?
1: I would definitely recommend traveling alone for for any person. I think that when I was in specifically when I was in in Asia, a lot of people were very surprised to see a woman traveling by themselves, especially when I was in the Philippines, anytime I would go to a restaurant or anytime I would meet someone, they would ask, where's your partner? Or where's your companion? Yeah. And I always just said, no, it's it's just me. I'm traveling alone. And I feel like a lot of the people that left that conversation kind of had a new, a new perspective on um, what a woman can do and it's interesting because i feel like in in the united states a lot of us don't have a passport i don't remember what the percentage is but it's quite a large amount of people that don't have a passport and yeah, in it. other yeah and in other countries like germany i mean everywhere you go you meet so many people from germany because they start traveling from a very young age and i would meet so many females at 18 and 19 years old that were setting out to travel for a year. Um, and, and that's just not really something that is encouraged a lot in the United States, at least not that, that I've was really exposed to.
0: Yeah. I think the gap year, the idea of taking a year off after high school before college is, is more of a European thing, but I think it's, trickling just a little bit you know I think we're starting to hear of more people including um, the oldest Obama daughter I think it was Malia she took a year
1: off oh okay you're right
0: though it's not it's not um, mainstream but hopefully it's becoming that way because I think that you can learn a lot about yourself before just jumping from high school to college
1: yeah yeah for sure and learn so much about the world as well
0: right yeah that's so huge I've gotten that before too. I I traveled to the Dominican Republic with a friend, and everywhere we went, we were together. They're like, "Where are your boyfriends?" Like, yeah, we, we don't have. I mean, we did have them, but they were home. <laughs> like they, they didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just funny because yeah. It's a lot of assumptions about women and what they're capable of. Yeah. So I know that you had a great time and lots of really fun experiences, but I know it wasn't without its challenges. So would you just talk for a minute about the things that you encountered that were difficult along the way?
1: One of the biggest challenges was um, getting sick. When I went to Morocco, I got food poisoning that lasted for almost a month. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah, and then when I was in the Philippines, I also got quite sick while i was there and it was pretty amazing though because i mean that's kind of like a a nightmare for a lot of people is going to a foreign country and getting sick and especially if you're alone who alone who do you who's going to take care of you who's going to help you and if you have to go to the hospital and you can't speak the language like that's very that's very scary to think about yeah those are big barriers yeah but i mean any time that i had because those were the two biggest illnesses I got. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, there were plenty of other, other problems that I had as well, but there were always people willing to help me and translate for me or take care of me. And it, I mean, it was people that I had just met people that didn't know me for, for very long.
0: That always strikes me when I travel too, that there's always somebody willing to help Um, get you to your right bus or to tell you how to get around or to just anything that you need I mean this is even more extreme when it comes to your health but generally people want to be helpful in the world is what I tend to find
1: yeah and then I think kind of when you believe that it it just it keeps happening because you're putting out that energy Mm. and then the, the helpful people you just seem to to find them
0: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, with your intention and what you're hoping to accomplish, if you walk around saying people are awful, and they'll never go out of their way to help you, then that probably is your reality. Mm-hmm. I remember being super stoked that you kept checking in and telling me you kept finding people to do Reiki with.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my my host mom in Spain also does Reiki. So we did a lot of of Reiki exchanges for each other, and then just everywhere I went to, I would tell people about Reiki and they would be so curious about it and I would give them Reiki treatments and then just so many animals and there were just so many opportunities to mm-hmm. share healing and share energy with people
0: yeah, I find that or at least in a lot of the places I've traveled that there's a there's a, a large amount of openness to that whether they just want to learn or if they already know about it they're they're very Open to alternatives.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can find your tribe wherever you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I like that. Um, well, I would be curious if you could share some tips. Like, what are some things you would highly recommend that people do when they go travel, and what are some things that you would um, you would have people avoid?
1: Okay, so tips for long term travel. I would definitely say work exchanges are a great way to experience different countries and different cultures without having to spend a ton of money because when you're traveling, I feel that a majority of the money is spent on accommodation and food. So if you can get those things taken care of, I mean, that kind of opens you up you yeah. know, to save money for other things. Awesome. And, and then also, that allows you to stay, I stayed with a lot of families and even though you're you're working for a few hours of the day, if you're staying there for more, you know, like a week or two weeks or even a month, you have that time to kind of immerse yourself more and almost pretend like you're you're living there mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, passing through as a as a tourist. And uh, when you're staying with local people, then they can show you things that you you wouldn't really find just from looking on Google maps or
0: right. Yeah. So awesome to get the local gems that you wouldn't normally encounter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then for certain countries, um, I think it's good to, to plan ahead. Um, like in Australia, it's a very backpackery place. Um, so I like to have plans for a few weeks in advance, just because sometimes if you wait, to the last minute, then you kind of miss out on cool places to stay or cool working opportunities. But then in other places, it's it's interesting to wait because, like in the Philippines, I would go to one island and kind of explore that and then talk to the locals and then let them kind of suggest where I would go, right. go to next. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe just get a feel for for how the, the country is that you're visiting and how things work there and if it's easy to find hostels or easy to find work opportunities. And if it's not, then you probably want to have some plans so you don't end up sleeping on the beach at two in the morning. <laughs> that
0: no sounds like a stick. fun
1: story, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, plenty of fun stories, but not always the funnest in the moment.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, that's one of those. this will be fun later.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so despite some of your, like, just jump and figure it out later mentality, it's also good to plan.
1: Yeah. Have
0: a balance of both. Exactly. Cool. Anything that you would um, ask, tell people to just avoid altogether that's not worth it or a waste of your time?
1: I mean, I think that there's, there's a place for resort-style accommodation like if you're taking a week vacation like that's more of like a vacation
0: yeah
1: experience but I don't know for for me personally I really wanted to be able to connect with local people and meet local people I'm I'm just not really into resorts like I feel like you don't get the same Kind of immersive experience when you stay at resorts.
0: Yeah, you definitely don't. I mean, I like to distinguish between travel and vacation, and I think that's what you just said. Um, but I, I totally agree, a hundred percent. If you just want to sit on the beach with a drink in your hand for a week, then go to a resort. If yeah. you want to experience the culture and walk and and see things, and um, I mean, sometimes I go to places that have beaches and I don't go to the beaches like I do other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I totally understand that. In fact, um that same Dominican Republic trip I took with a girlfriend, we actually decided to splurge and we stayed at an all inclusive resort for two nights and it was kind of fun and we were like, ooh, this is, you know, great. But we were totally ready to go at the end, and we thought to ourselves, "What if you just came here and all you did was stay here? That would, I mean, I guess, but why would you go so far? Like, why wouldn't you just stay? You know, kind of close? Yeah, <laughs> really yeah. Didn't get the cultural experience.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of I think like you just nailed that that any resort that you stay at is it's so similar to every other resort, so it's almost like you don't even really know." where you are
0: yeah it's so funny too because we went off property um well a couple of times you know because we went to go do something and also to leave and the staff was really funny they're like it's very dangerous you could get killed like they were very dramatic (laughs) telling us not to leave the resort (laughs) and we're like i think we'll be fine thank you (laughs) yeah we had a chuckle over that but and and I think, um, you know, no judgment to someone that wants to go and, and do that kind of experience because, quite honestly, in the U.S., we've got two weeks vacation if we're lucky. And if all we want to do is sit our ass on the beach with a drink, cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, totally. And that's why I I I feel kind of weird giving somebody tips or things not to do because, yeah. I mean, everybody's different and every travel or vacation experience is going to be different. So I think if there's something you want to do, then you should do it because there's no – there's no wrong way, I don't think
0: perfect yeah that that's great it's true because everyone's going to do and and what you did might give someone out there so much anxiety they can't even imagine <laughs> like just jumping on a plane and going across the world and not really knowing where you're headed next I mean that might put someone over the edge
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that kind of gives me even anxiety just thinking about what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just
0: um, I want to hear one little bit about the putting yourself in uncomfortable situations because I really think that's a sweet lesson for anyone out there who might feel like they need to take a big leap. Maybe it's not Mm -hmm. travel. Maybe it's something else. Um, That mentality, where did it come from and and why did you kind of make that commitment to yourself to, to show up in these uncomfortable ways?
1: I think kind of to go back to what I was talking about before of just feeling like the way that my life was going would just, it just wasn't really working for me anymore. And even before I did this big travel experience, um, I mean, I was still always trying to put myself into uncomfortable situations and on a much smaller scale. Like I would go um, to classes, like take classes or go to places where I knew there would be a lot of people and I would have to have conversations with people And I mean, even the jobs that I've had, I never thought I would do any kind of teaching. And then I found myself teaching English and teaching writing. And I mean, just before thinking about doing something like that, it would make me extremely anxious. But I wanted to be able to talk to people. I wanted to be able to be a teacher. I just I had things that I I really, really wanted to do. And I just felt the only way to do them was to make myself do it and put myself in a situation where I had to and had no other choice.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience just to close out? Anything that I didn't ask or that you wanted to share?
1: This interview is something that makes me absolutely anxious and nervous. Like I never thought that I would ever do something like this, like have to talk or an hour, or 30 minutes, however long we've been talking.
0: Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you're doing it. I think that that's a perfect example, that you're living your example, um, like just living your desire and commitment to to step into things that are uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Something that was really challenging, um, but also taught me a lot about letting go and moving forward was having to say goodbye to people mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you, you stay with someone and you get so connected and attached to them and then you leave and you say see you later and, you know, you're not knowing if you'll ever actually see them again and that, that was really difficult to have to say goodbye to so many beautiful and amazing people all over the world.
0: I find it difficult to say goodbye to the places, also, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure yeah i I think that shows just how much it meant to you, though you know, even though there's sadness and loss it it reminds us that it was important and it meant something to you,
1: mhm yeah, yeah, and it's awesome. it's it's no different than than the rest of of life anyway, because we're constantly having to move forward from things and say goodbye to people and say goodbye to. To jobs and places we've lived, and so just part of that same, same lessons.
0: Right, which is true. I don't think you you probably didn't get any different lessons on the road. It was just different people, places, and experiences.
1: Yeah, yeah. Similar
0: themes, just like we started with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I just have a few fun, unrelated questions to end us, um, to end our talk today. And uh, one of them is, what is one book that changed your life, Nicole?
1: One book that changed my life? Mm-hmm. One book that changed my life is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Nice. Yeah.
0: What about your favorite yoga pose?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, actually, it's not a hard one. My favorite yoga pose is goddess pose.
0: Oh, yay. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And how about who inspires you?
1: I think every single person in the world I've ever met has inspired me in some way.
0: What a nice way to move through the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just, I feel like, I mean, especially lately, when... I, I feel like I've I've opened myself up and been open to meeting different kinds of people, and I I leave so many conversations and so many encounters just feeling feeling like I was I was supposed to meet that person and supposed to to have that encounter with nice. them. So
0: starting mm-hmm. from that very first eavesdropped conversation <laughs> that got you on your trip. Um, To now, it's all just Mm -hmm. felt divine, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Wonderful. That's awesome, which um, I think is a good reminder for us to keep our ears and our eyes open, because if we're not paying attention in this life, then we'll miss all the magic. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks, Nicole. I'm so excited to have heard more about your adventures because I certainly followed them in the moment. (laughs) Um, I will link ways that you can keep in touch with Nicole because no doubt there will be more uh, fun and inspiring things to check in um, with her about. So I really appreciate you sharing and um, just keep on being your bright, beautiful self.
1: Thank you so much, Jocelyn. It was great chatting with you. All right. Take care. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye.